text for our meditation this morning, gospel reading that we heard just a few moments ago, especially these two verses, John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And also verse 23, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, please be seated. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. The word love is very prominent in our gospel reading for today. We've been in this section of the Gospel of John for several weeks now. The Upper Room Discourse, John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus teaching his disciples, preparing them for the shock, the horror of his death, and also for what things will be like after his resurrection. Teaching them encouraging them, comforting them, preparing them. And in our text for today, we hear the word love a lot. So I ask you, what is the opposite of love? You know the word. Might be afraid to say it out loud in these perilous times. The opposite of love is hate. The word hate appears in the Holy Scriptures in the ESV translation 168 times. I was once chastised by a preschool mom because I read a section of scripture that had the word hate in it. Oh, pastor, we don't use the H word in our house. My friends, I think it's time to come to grips with the H word. God hates Racism. God hates injustice. God hates murder. God hates violence. God hates the destruction of property. God hates hate. How can I be sure? God's word teaches us. God hates sin. Proverbs chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Listen carefully, folks. 
haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Proverbs 6. My friends, today, as we think about the situations recently unfolding in our world, and as we come to grips with what God's Word, the Bible says about the H word, it seems almost silly that we have this gospel reading where Jesus is talking about love. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And it goes on. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you have is not mine. My friends, in order to come to grips with the love that Jesus is talking about, we need to come to grips with what God hates. That seems contrary to the nature, nature of God, doesn't it? God is love. God is love. We hear that all the time. We read that in 1 John 4, especially. God hates sin. We can say that. We can say that out loud because God's Word teaches it. God loves you, the sinner. It's an amazing mystery, but it's true. And Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. You know, some translations use obey here. And it's a very weak translation. Of course, keeping the word of God has a, a facet of obedience. But it is so much more than that. To keep, to honor, to treasure, to hold as valuable. Whoever loves me, loves my word, holds my word as sacred and special. They treasure it up in their hearts. The word of God, all of the word of God, both the law and gospel. God loves justice. God loves peace. God loves brotherhood. You see, all the opposite things of the hate that we have here, God loves. God teaches us how to live. He teaches us who the people of God are and what they should look like. All we have to do is take a quick glance at the Ten Commandments. How we love God, how we love our neighbors. 
Very simple. Not easy, but very simple. Love your neighbor as yourself. The problem is when we try to take matters into our own hands. God's word is clear. Vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. Why? Doesn't he trust us? Well, of course he trusts us. He gives us authorities and leaders in our world. But he knows that all too often when we try to take justice into our own hands, we fail miserably. Not because of bad intentions. Most of the time our intentions are good and right and honorable. But we are poor, miserable sinners and our good intentions are not enough. It's an old movie, an old western. If you haven't seen it, you need to. One of the great all-time movies, westerns, ever made. 1942. The Oxbow Incident. Ever heard of it? The Oxbow Incident. Henry Ford. Henry Fonda, excuse me. Henry Fonda. Harry Morgan. You know, Colonel Potter in MASH. Anthony Quinn. Two drifters come into town. Minding their own business. And they hear what's been going on in the town. A local farmer's been killed. All of his cattle have been rustled. Now, what are they going to do? Because the sheriff is out of town. The newly hired deputy puts together a posse. It's really a lynch mob. They are absolutely sure of the three people who did it. They're going to find them. Justice is going to be served. So, the two drifters, Henry Fonda and Harry Morgan, go along just for fun. They find the three men. Oh sure, they have the cattle. They also have a receipt that they bought the cattle. Doesn't matter. Soon, somebody comes up with the brilliant idea, get a rope. The posse is split. No. We need to wait for the sheriff. We need to do it right. No. We know what needs to be done. My friends, when we take matters into our own hands, we always, always, always get it wrong. The rule of law is established for a reason. 
God has established authorities. They're not always perfect. Sinners sin. But in this structure, in this authority, in this rule of law, under the Ten Commandments, people function. And God is at work. What can we do? As the children of God, we love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. My friends, God's word for today talks about love. And it talks about the fruit of love. That is peace. You want to know what love is? Love is the fact that God hated sin so much that he sent his own son into the world to bear the burden of that hate. God turned his back on his own son. Jesus hanging on Calvary's cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the perfect justice of God. You heard that right. In the perfect justice of God. All punishment for all sin, for all people, for all time was poured out on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In His body and on His body. The punishment that we deserve. Jesus, bleeding and dying on Calvary's cross. This is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent His Son into the world as an atoning sacrifice, as a propitiation for our sin. My friends, the Father sends the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Son, in perfect obedience, lives a perfect life, fulfilling the law. He goes to Calvary's cross, perfectly obedient, dying. An all-sufficient death. Three days later, the dead body of Jesus is alive, never to die again. Forty days after his resurrection, Jesus physically, bodily ascends into heaven and he promises when the time is right, I will send the helper. I will send the comforter. He will remind you everything that I have taught you. He will teach you all things. Today, on Pentecost, we celebrate the fulfillment of that promise. The rushing wind, the tongues of fire, the disciples speaking in languages they had never studied. All of those things are true and all of them are wonderful. But what holds it all together? The one unifying message that they preached. They preach Jesus. They preach Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. They preach Jesus for peace. The languages that were confused in Babel are now all brought together 
in the one language that brings life and life everlasting. Jesus crucified and risen for you, for me, for the life of the world. My friends, the world doesn't understand that message. The world couldn't give a rip about that message. The world wants peace in all sorts of ways. Politics, money, power, violence. My friends, this is not the way of the people of God. There is only one message that can transform our hate-filled world. And that is the message of peace that comes from the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And as we live it, as we believe it, as we share it, there will be many people who will not take us seriously. We will be mocked and ridiculed and despised and it doesn't matter. Because Jesus told us these things before they happened. We are at peace because our sins are forgiven. Our names are written in the book of life. We are at peace with ourselves. No guilt, no shame, no burden. Jesus Christ has wiped it away completely. And now, because we are forgiven and at peace. God calls us to live at peace with our brothers and sisters. God calls us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He calls us to be the leaven, the yeast in the lump of the world. Our witness, our confession, our life, simply being here in God's house sends a message, sends a message to the world, sends a message that something essential is going on here. Not everybody will recognize that. But you do, by grace, through faith. My friends, 90 days ago, who could have ever dreamed what would happen with regard to a pandemic, coronavirus, comorbidity, Community spread, flattening the curve. Those things weren't even in our vocabulary. Ten days ago, who would have ever dreamed that we would have race riots in Minneapolis or Lincoln? My friends, I do not know where all of this is going. But I do know one thing. There is one message that God wants you to cling to today and always. For all of the times that you have sought 
peace in the wrong place, for all of the times when you have hated instead of loved, for all of the times when you have sat back and said, go get them, to whichever side of the hate was winning, for all of the times when you were just simply apathetic and didn't care, for all this sin and more, Jesus Christ has loved you with an everlasting love. His life, death, and resurrection brings you peace, the forgiveness of sins, and life everlasting. My friends, the Holy Spirit will continue to comfort you with the peace that the world can't give, but only the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can give. And the Holy Spirit will teach and bring to mind all of God's Word. Because God's Word is life and life everlasting. My friends, the love of God is real. The death and resurrection of Jesus prove it. Today we celebrate the miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but let's be honest, every time the Word of God is proclaimed in its truth and purity, every time the good news of Jesus is sung or preached, or consumed, Pentecost is taking place. We are Pentecost people because the Spirit continually points us to the completed work of Jesus. And in so doing, love and peace are yours. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our love. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.